I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Right, quickly, before we get on with the episode, we've got an announcement. The MMA Fan Podcast is now sponsored by Free Train. Blake, what's Free Train? Free Train is a fantastic company that do these amazing vests for when you run, when you train. Whether you're going for a run or hitting the bag, you can keep your phone close to your chest. And uh, yeah, they're brilliant. They've got a little pocket for your keys. You No more do you need to have your phone rumbling around in your pocket or at an awkward angle on your arm or anything like that. You've got the vest on. Phones there, easy access to it. They do some great uh, gloves as well to keep your hands warm and be able to touch the phone and everything. It's all linked up with your phone. So, yeah, they're a fantastic brand. A couple of pockets for your keys. Everything you need when you go for a run or if you're hitting the bag training. And you're not just saying this for the sake of it. Before they even become our sponsors, you had one of these vests, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I've, well, I've still got it. I run with it all the time. But yeah, before they became our sponsors, I had one of these vests. They are genuinely brilliant. I really like them. And uh, yeah, I'm really pleased they're our sponsor. And if you want one, if you head over to freetrain.com, when you go shopping and you put all your stuff in your in your basket, just before you check out, if you put in the code MMAFAN, you'll save yourself 10%. Don't say we don't spoil you here on this podcast. 10% off an amazing vest from Free Train. www.freetrain.com. Right, let's get on with the show. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we've got another sponsor to tell you about. Phil Supreme. They're a nationally recognized brand who offer only the very highest quality of natural supplements. Their extensive range includes a range of medicinal mushrooms, nootropics, anti-aging products, gut support products, green powders, vitamins, and much more. Yep, they've worked with fighters from all the top promotions, including UFC, Bellator, Brave, and Cage Warriors, with a solid reputation of providing results. So check them out on Instagram, which is at Phil underscore Supreme or their website, www.philsupreme.co.uk, and make sure you use the code MMAFAN for a cool 15% off your first order. Don't say we don't spoil you. Hello, and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Blake Harrison, how are you today? I am very, very good. How are you, mate? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's well. It's not that late, and we've just watched the UFC. It's twenty to midnight. 
It's incredible, isn't it? It's great. We're, just, we're being very specific on this. It is 20 to midnight. I think we've all got a bit overexcited because normally when UFC finishes, it's sort of 5am and you're already thinking about the what I call like a UFC hangover the next day yes. where you're just sluggish, your kids want to do stuff and you just can't be arsed and you just want to have a sofa day, but it's never going to happen. Exactly right, exactly right. But also the other exciting thing, the reason I'm so happy, is we're not alone today. No, we're it's not. It's not just your ugly mug I've got to look at. Charming. I've got other people. <laughs> other people I get to look at. Because we're here in the man cave of one Scroobius Pip. Hello, guys. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fuming the... That you two are painting the facade that you ever stay up and watch the UFC's live. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one here who's sitting there at five o'clock waiting for the main card. You two are normally getting up at five o'clock to watch it before your kids wake up. As yeah, as that, is as that is accurate. That is absolutely accurate. Yeah. I sometimes manage the prelims and we're having a little WhatsApp chat, and then I wake up the next day like, where the fuck are you? <laughs> It's normally, oh, Stu's falling asleep. Night, night. <laughs> Brian Lacey's here. How you doing? Mate, I'm here. It's a pleasure. It's an honour to have watched the UFC with you boys. Very, very enjoyable indeed. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, we've, we've done a few post and pre-shows, haven't we? And we've never all sort of met. No, so I've, you know, I've never met Pip or Brian in really? before. I don't remember. <laughs> 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 My first time. It's good. Yeah. I've, I've, I've met you once briefly. Yeah. I don't know if you remember... But I was walking through Shoreditch. That's right. And I spotted Brad's dog. Yeah. Brad Bonnie. Dog. Bonnie yeah, was there. Bonnie. And then I spotted Brad and you was with him. Yeah. And there was a, a hello, how are you all doing? And I was on my way to Acast. And, and I think you were, I imagine you was going to do the podcast we're just coming the back. other way. We were going out. We were going out. You were going in. So right. yeah, that was the podcast universe sorting that out. But yeah. Lovely stuff. Well, UFC Vegas, not UFC London. That's what we're here discussing. Yeah. UFC Vegas 36. Uh, you can hashtag that if you want and try and get on the uh, the live UFC broadcast. Like like some <laughs> someone here was able to do that. Congrats, uh, yeah, Brian, mate. That was <laughs> Thank you, mate. Was <laughs> honestly, so thanks, Pip. I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to bring it up. I'm not that type of guy. I wouldn't just drop that in on a podcast. No, so, but yeah. some people would. Some people would just bring out the fact that they got. For a second time on the old <laughs> UFC broadcast live. No big deal, guys. I, I gotta say, honestly, it made me so happy. Like, that was a genuine <laughs> when it when it came up and punched the air, I was like, yes. It's such a good thing. We yes. had a little joke. We thought, oh, we'll all tweet during one fight and see like if any of us do get on the broadcast. And when it did come on the broadcast, we were all like, Yeah, one of us got on the broadcast. This is great. <laughs> it was awesome. And then we got dressed again, it was good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so it was a it was a great card. It was a cursed card, as we've discussed on uh, previous shows. Yes. Lots of fights didn't happen, and um, uh, friends of the podcast, uh, Paul Craig should have been fighting Gustafsson. Nathaniel yeah. Wood should have been fighting Lerone Murphy. Um, Lerone, yeah, uh, Casey should have been fighting as well. Yeah, like, yeah, lots of lots of people should have been fighting. Multiple reasons they didn't. Either opponents were injured, or they had visa issues, or. The fighters themselves got injured. It was pretty much cursed. I think there's probably, as you, you've just mentioned, like four or five UK fighters that didn't make it onto the card tonight. But we did get a few, and we did get a few really good ones. Oh, mate. Cursed card, blessed podcast. Yes. But I'm sure we'll get to that. <laughs> we, we will get to the uh, the strike rate of the MMA fan podcast guests. Is 
kind of going from strength to strength. We had three out of three with the Cage Warriors trilogy, mm. and now four out of four. If you want to count Aspinall, who was on a little bit earlier than this fight week, I don't know if that's cheating, but it's either four out of four or five out of five in terms of all the guests that we had on for this spe- uh, these special episodes of this fight week. Unfortunately for some UK fans, one of those guests was Derek Brunson. Mm-hmm. And he got the win over Darren Till in the main event of the evening. Should we start with that? Let's do it. Let's talk about that. Okay, so me, I'll start. Shall I? <laughs> <laughs> well, it felt as if like a sting was going to drop yeah, there. Let's talk about that. main event. <laughs> <laughs> well, it felt to me that Darren didn't really turn up. Really? Do you, do you think? As... Well, yeah, we're mindful that we don't want to keep saying, as we spoke about earlier, because that yes. was very inclusive. Um, yeah, it, it just, as soon as the wrestling kicked in, he looked like there was very little answer to it. I don't know what, what your thoughts were, gents. To, to me, it felt exactly the same as the Kevin Holland fight, and Darren Till shouldn't be looking exactly the same as Kevin Holland, in that he looked threatening on his feet, but as soon as it was on the ground, he just didn't have anything. He didn't have any answers. No. Um, and again, there's there's a world of difference in the level that those two fighters are at. So that shouldn't have been the case when Brunson is is going in against someone who was talking about having a title shot if he won. But yeah, he he, he did make he did look threatening on the feet. Again, it's the typical thing. This every every round starts on the feet, right? Yeah. Every every round he started looking like he could do something until. Until he couldn't. But did you feel that um, just before he got took down and, and, and finished, like that Till showed moments where it could have gone his way? There's, I mean, he's always dangerous. He's a high-level striker. We, we, we uh, look at his record before he finishes people. He's, he's, he's good on his feet, but there's, there was huge holes on the ground. Like just being caught and held down for that much, not controlling the posture, taking that amount of damage. His eye. His eye. For, in round one, that his eye was that bad. That would have been an issue going into rounds yeah. three, four, five. Um, it, it's one of those things. It's more disappointing because there's so much about Darren Till that's great. He sells fights. He's got all the social media. He talks the talk. You look at the media day, all the things from him talking in Brazilian, getting a load of hype off of that to uh, just, just the, isn't the nature of him. You hear like Brunson talking about the messages he gets on his phone. One minute saying, how's yeah. the family next minute? So, so he's got everything outside the cage. But this, this for me was like... It showed massive holes, huge holes in his game. And, and Derek Bronson is is a phenomenal fighter, but if you, if Darren Till was thinking the next step would be Israel Adesanya, that's that's there's a lot of work to do in my eyes. Well, we spoke about that, and we thought that if Till did, did get the win this evening, then he probably had a good chance of fast tracking to a shot. Yeah, I think even maybe unfairly, he if he'd have won and he had done it in style, like the way that that third round looked like it could have gone before the the, the takedown happened uh, I think it's highly possible that he would have leapfrogged uh, or leapfrogged uh, Whitaker just because of the whole Covid problems and the fact that that fight would probably have to happen in, in Australia and New Zealand and those countries have done very well with Covid they locked things down very intensely and it might have taken a long time for that fight to happen so if Adesanya had said hey I'm ready to go in December then Till probably would have got that fight it's over a over fresh matchup as well, and it's yeah. a fresh fresh matchup. And there's not many of those out there for Adesanya because yeah. he steamrolls a lot of that middleweight division. I think if we want to look at some positives for Till, 
the big criticisms of Till, probably since the Masvidal fight, and I've I've said this myself a couple times, is he, he seems almost too tentative. Mm-hmm. The fights with Kelvin Gastelum, the fights with Robert Whittaker, um, they they seem to um, yes, they're, they're they're technical kind of chess matches, as it were, but. It did seem like if he'd have just opened up and give it a bit more and, and pulled the trigger a bit more frequently, he could have done better in those fights. I know he won the Gastelum one, but it was very, very close. Um, and tonight, I felt like we saw that. He came out and he seemed to be very quickly, the first minute and a half, putting it towards Derek Brunson, landing with that left hand once or twice. Then Brunson got the takedown, the momentum shifted. Uh, round two seemed to be pretty much all Brunson from what I remember. And round three, he clipped Brunson hard. And it looked like Brunson could have been in big, big trouble. And then Brunson got the takedown. Till was able to sort of sweep him, but he swept him into the fence. And if it was in the open mat, he might have actually been able to sweep him all the way over. But the fence potentially saved Brunson there. And Brunson kind of bounced back off that, landed in mount. And then it was just game over. Because as Brian's pointed out, it feels harsh to say, particularly for an armchair fan, but you did you're right that there's there's holes in that ground game, and we saw that with Woodley. I know Woodley clipped him hard, and he was he was kind of almost out of it when Woodley ended up kind of locking up. Was it a Darce choke when he when he tapped him out there? Um, but it does seem like Darren Till off his back, as you say, just just too many holes in the game. But is, isn't it interesting that he wouldn't have seen those problems against Darbender against the champ? He wouldn't yeah, have had yeah, to deal with the rest of the, the, right. the, the, the times he looked at his best in this fight was when he was on his feet, and that's what the Starbender fight would be. So weirdly, as much as I think, even if he'd won, I don't know if he would have earned a title shot, he would probably have a better chance against Starbender than against Brunson. Wow, I completely yeah. agree. Which is, yeah, which is bizarre, because yeah, yeah, I think Starbender yeah. is the best in the division. But Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing is the styles make fights. And, and, yeah. and I think the the biggest um, shame of it all is that broken collarbone before he was going vi- to fight Vittori. I know Vittori can take people down, but his wrestling's nowhere near as, as, yeah. as good as Brunson's, in my opinion. Till defended takedowns against Brunson, you know, at points. And it makes me think, had that fight gone ahead, Till versus Vittori... I think Till would have lit him up on the feet, mm-hmm. maybe would have been able to defend most of those takedowns that would have come his way as well, won that fight, and then he's got the fight with Stylebender because Till only needs one. Because yeah. Stylebender's constantly calls it, calling him out. He's got like 1.4 million followers on Instagram. The UFC know that he's the, the money fight in that division. Is he still, though, after this? I think he can still maybe be the money fight but he's now got to work extra hard to get he, it and I don't know if he can get past the people that will be in front of him because he was no Nate Diaz was he he wasn't like it was an exciting fight like it was he, he just got mauled for two rounds and had a moment where it looked okay and then quite quickly he got stopped so I think you know when you see these losses you know we, we, we've spoken at length about the the, the, the Diaz Edwards you know that last 30 seconds still makes Nate the money fight and I think what's What's Till showing at the moment that's going to give him any more longevity in that kind of area of like Till's the big money fight? I don't, I don't think he's done I, enough. I, I think it's a weird era. I think mm. the money fight isn't to do with wins and losses anymore. Because as I said, you look at you, you, you bring up Nate, we can bring up Connor, yeah, we can bring up most of the money fights. Masvidal, they're not w- w- winning left, right, and centre, but it's a forgetful era it's a what happened last week era and the UFC are great at putting together packages Mm -hmm. to make to show the best of someone and not necessarily show 
the worst of someone. So it seems weirdly, if you go away for a bit, then you can come back of great of great value again. Well, what what did we think of his uh, his walkout? No music. I loved it. I yeah. thought it was going to be great. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was there was really there was an intensity and that one there. Yeah, yeah. He did that before, didn't he? He's always said that the the Sweet Caroline is for the fans. Mm. And when he fought against was it was of it course. against Whitaker when there was no fans? Yeah. yeah, he walked out to silence again. He saves that Sweet Caroline for the fans, wow. which is. It is, a, it is a lovely thing, and it's lovely to, to hope that maybe we can get that again, hopefully in the UK with Darren Till, uh, uh, maybe headlining a card or part of a card in the UK at some point soon. You know what, as, as, uh, as we were saying earlier, um, <laughs> I think Till losing gives us a better chance of a UK card with Till on. Because again, if he'd won, we're not going to have the title. Like Israel isn't going to come to the UK to defend his no. title, yeah. so... Now that he's lost, if there is some kind of grudge fight out there, until does, he doesn't struggle to make enemies. No. So if there is some kind of grudge fight out there that they can sling as a headliner in in Liverpool or London, then yeah, I think he can still draw. And yeah, there's other people who are on the card tonight who can draw on his behalf too. Yeah. And well, speaking of that, um, smooth. Do we have any? Uh, do we have? Teed it up. Take it home, Blake. Take it. Well, home. I was going to say, do we have any idea of who we would want Till to fight next? Because I've got an idea, and I think it's maybe a little bit left field. It's you know, because mm. you think about it, Till's only had three fights at middleweight. It's been Gastelum, Whitaker, Brunson. There are a lot of names in that division that Till could fight next. Do you have any opinions or thoughts on who you think would be good? We. Mentioned it a moment ago, but I know he's he's got a fight lined up. But I do think Vittori's a great fight. Yeah, Vittori is a great fight. Vittori's well. fighting Costa mm. soon, isn't he? Would you care if Vittori wins or loses? He gets that fight, or, or or would it be the loser or the winner? The winner of that would be pretty well. Actually, it's got to be the loser, really, isn't it, with the UFC? Well, so. you would think maybe yeah. it could yeah. be the so the yeah. loser of Costa Vittori. I, see, I I'm going a little bit left field because I think that Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes. No, we, we want to give Till an easy fight. Uh, no. Um, ah, you mentioned Kevin Holland. That's that's exactly what was I was we, thinking. Because yeah. how fun will that build-up be? Because, yeah. again, look, Till's not going to be fighting for a title anytime soon. He needs a step-down in he opponent. He needs a step-down in Neither opponent. Neither of them want any ground game anymore. So Neither of them. It, it's going to be a good, fun stand-up fight. Yeah. Kevin Holland, cool Matt. big mouth. Yeah, yeah. You know, Darren Till, who's the, the biggest kind of Twitter troll in the UFC and all that stuff. The build-up would be incredible. The fight itself will be a stand-up, brilliant striking match. I know Sold, Kevin, mate. Kevin Sold. Holland's fighting Carl Dorcas soon. Personally, scrap that fight. Just scrap it. Give Carl Dorcas someone else. Because Kevin Holland versus... But then, to be fair, if Kevin Holland wins or loses that fight against Carl Dorcas... The till fight still makes sense. If he wins, I think. it makes more sense. It's true. Puts yes, him, if, if he wins, it makes more sense. Yeah, but uh, but I think that that could be a really Otherwise fun fight. It is a fight for silver and bronze in the in in the Brunson um, <laughs> in, in in the Brunson opponents. So, yes. so Brunson's got gold, Brunson and now the losers have to fight to oh, see who comes yes. second and third. That's it. Uh, any other thoughts on Till Brunson before we move on? Brunson was great. Yeah, yeah, Brunson, yeah no, great. That's, you're really good right. point. We need to get yeah, yeah. to Brunson because it was again. It started on his feet, and it was pretty much the same every round. First two minutes, Till would be able to use, and it was a small cage as well. But Till would be able to 
uses movement, gets some strikes off, but Brunson then got it to the mat pretty easily every time. Three and, minutes in. And the brutality on the mat. Oh, a yeah. lot of people talk about smothering wrestling yeah. and it shouldn't it, it doesn't score if you're not doing damage. That didn't have to come into conversation because no. he was doing damage. He's so explosive yeah. and it's rare that people can bring that explosiveness into the ground game. Because yeah. it has to be that real short-range explosiveness, mm. and he certainly can. He, said he, was, he was on his knees the whole time for that first round, full talk, all the elbows, yeah. uh, total control. Till, Hands not touching the mat, not touching Hands the, on the, the whole time. And, and everything point. landed. You look at all those replays, that right eye of Tills took damage constantly when it was on the ground. Second round when he went down, he, sm- he smothered him a lot more, lots of horrible stuff, forearms in the neck, then posturing up. And ev- again, every shot was... And that's just technically brilliant, technically fantastic, mm-hmm. just destructive. Disciplined as yeah. well yeah. with it. That explosiveness paired with discipline, yeah. of keeping that control. Often, again, the explosiveness will come at the cost of yeah. leaving openings. It wasn't leaving a lot... Of, oh, no. Again, there wasn't anyone looking to exploit any openings, I guess, but... He wasn't leaving much. And in between rounds, after the first round, Till was saying, I just couldn't stand up. Just couldn't yeah, get up. couldn't get up. And then second round, <clears throat> sorry, when he come out for the, the third round, I, I mean, I said it as well, I, I, I thought Till looked broken. Hmm. You know, his, his face didn't look good. There's blood in the ear. There's eye was swollen. And, and as you mentioned, Bright looked like it was still swelling. And it's like, once that gets into the, the later rounds, that's going to be a, a, a serious problem. And I just thought he looked, I thought he looked busted up. The, the other tell is that the tap, how fast it came, because yeah. it wasn't even set. The, the, the one arm was on, and he was yeah, putting the, the rear hand down, and the tap came before that. So, he, he what, yeah, he was done. Do you think that's, that seemingly massive hole in his game is anything to do with his move up in weight class? Because you, you, you can power out of yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the ground game a lot better when you're a bigger guy. So, Till at welterweight probably hasn't had to be as technical because yeah, he can sit, he can do a Derek Lewis. He can just sit up or stand up. Or And there was a few points he got close to that. No, no, no technique, just trying to bench press him off. Yeah, couldn't do it. He's heavier lads. But he's mm. almost one of those fighters that's stuck between that 170, 185. Mm. Yeah. And if there was that 165, uh, yeah. 175, whatever it would be, 80, or um, a division in between, basically. That's the yeah. one I'm talking about. I think that would fit suit him better because mm. yeah. he, he was devastating at welterweight. You watch the highlights on the build up, what he did to Cowboy Cerrone, what he was doing, knocking people out, yeah. Uh, yeah. controlling them. Gorilla, that's the nickname. Oh, is, is that a little bit of a myth, though? But this like, is the other thing. I didn't want to say it as an excuse because it always feels like you try and make an excuse and you fit him in, in yeah. between weight classes. But Because we talk about welterweight and you mm. think Maz Vidal was a guy that hadn't fought for a while and was coming up from lightweight. Knocked him out. Woodley, we've seen what's happened to him since the Till fight. Now, I don't know, we can all assume what happened with Woodley mentally and all those things, but he's knocked down Till very easily, then dealt with him on the yeah. ground, and then Woodley went and faced Usman, and since then he hasn't lost a single fight, including one against a YouTuber. <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds harsh. Yeah, the but- podcast. I weren't so lucky then, yeah. was it? I think, it's, oh, I think the rule is... It doesn't count with... As long as you MMA on. fan podcast, <laughs> not the YouTube point. boxing podcast, all right? Um, and you have to come on during the week. With your shirt on point. and not in space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Small yeah. prints. The luck is contained to within Earth. Yeah, yeah, right? one stratosphere. If you're in orbit, it's not going to yeah, reach that exactly. far. exactly. For, for those of absolutely no idea, <laughs> I should point out, we didn't drop acid before we started watching UFC this evening. When Blake and I had Tyron Woodley on, he popped up on Zoom with, he. I believe he was driving, 
He was driving... Because his indicator was going on throughout most of the podcast. Um, but he it. had his shirt off, and he'd somehow managed to change the background on his Zoom call, even though he was driving to out of space. Yeah. Uh, which looked incredible. Surreal, to say the least. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so just to give you a bit of context there as to why we was talking about <laughs> uh, him being in out of space. Well, have we... Have we, we have, I, I think we've covered that, but just very quickly, just we've mentioned how good Brunson was... Going around the table now, are you excited to potentially see Israel Adesanya versus Derek Brunson too? Brian, yes or no? I'd say no. Pip? Um, no, but I don't think fights should only be booked on excitement. Well, it? Can, I add yeah. a, can I add a small print that makes me sound better too? <laughs> <laughs> Stu? Nope. Yeah. It's already well, been... I don't know if... I think Bronson's better than what he was. But I'd say no. I'm much more excited about the Whitaker fight. How, yeah. or let's throw it, it, it to that then. Are you excited to see Derek Brunson against Whitaker? What if Whitaker wins? Whitaker wins. Because I don't think Brunson is, is leapfrogging anyone. Do you know really. what? In, no, in this situation, I mean, I don't yeah, mean any no, I, I don't, I think I don't, if that fight is booked, it's not, not no, enough happened tonight. Brunson's to got to wait his turn, absolutely. Window, yeah. um, I... I think... Adesanya and Whitaker are so clearly one and two in the division mm. and no one else is really going to come close to them for a while. So I'm not really excited to see any fight involving those two other than Izzy yeah, versus Whitaker, yeah. if I'm honest. Yeah. I'm, I'd be more excited to see Cannoneer Brunson. But I think Brunson's earned the shot. Yeah. So I don't want to see yeah. him have to fight Cannoneer. I think he's earned the shot. Um, but anyway, moving on to the co-main event, we saw what I think is possibly the... Best hope for a British UFC heavyweight champion that we may have for a very, very long time or ever have and definitely have had up until this point. Tom Aspinall deal with Sergei Spivak in brilliant fashion. It was meant to be uh, Sergei Pavlovich until earlier in the week. So credit to Spivak for taking taking the fight on short notice. But I don't care whether he would have had one week or 10 weeks notice. I, I think Aspinall is the real deal and I think he dealt with him in, in fact. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tick fashion. What do you think, Stu? It just looks super calm. Um, mm. just, yeah, just devastating. Uh, a, a legit problem in that division, I think. Um, thoughts, gents, on the performance? Yeah, I thought it was a brief technical masterclass. And again, it, it, it it's what gets me so excited about Cyril Garn is at heavyweight, you're so often just relying on the amaze, the intense power. You're not necessarily looking at the technique. And Garn is an example of that. And Aspinall now as well. His, his footwork, his combinations, everything was on point. It was technique over power. He happens to also be quite powerful. So <laughs> it's pretty good. It's just exciting, isn't it? Like a genuine UK heavyweight prospect. Not just prospect. I think he's 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 the real deal. Striking's amazing. Like we talked to, we talked about it before about the skill set compared to Silgan. Maybe the second best mover in that yeah. heavyweight division. Add to that the the jujitsu credentials as well. Add to that, he's still young. He's composed. He doesn't seem like one of these wild. He's like, he's totally focused on what what he's doing. Um, and a heavyweight. That's just there's something special about those that size of human being. Mm getting in a cage and, and doing what they do. It's mad. It's exciting that we've not seen his ground game much. But yeah, there's at loads all, of really. Talk at of all. Game. And yeah. it's not your yeah. kind of Roy Nelson. Yeah. You know he's a black belt, and then when he does end up on the ground, <laughs> just, I was just like, lays there. Oh, was he? Um, but, it, you know, it's genuinely, <laughs> from what I heard on, on the MMA fan podcast, like, it's in his blood as such, and he's, yeah, that's should in part be his area of expertise. But we're seeing this amazing stand-up. Mm. And, and looking to... What's next for him? I mean, we asked him, you know, who he's looking to fire, and he's very reluctant. And Bisping, you know, put it on him a little bit afterwards yeah. and said, like, what's next? You know, who do you want? And humble as ever, he was like, look, I know you're getting me, you know, you want me to call someone out. I don't know, maybe someone ranked above me. Like, yeah. no big call outs. You know, I, I think, I don't think it's offensive to say that, that Tom's not a Darren Till. He's not a Mr. Marketing, is mm-hmm. he? He's, he's, he's a pretty pretty quiet guy but I think in the heavyweight division when you've got finishes like he's got I don't think you need to be that I've I've, I've seen fighters before who don't want to play the game to build their hype but, but I've never seen anyone who actively wants to slow down their hype <laughs> yeah. it's amazing He's, he said it in the post fight interview he was saying I know you want me to call someone out or fight something big and he literally said if I'm ranked 13 I want number 12 Tw- didn't even know the name though no didn't, didn't even, even know, know the, name. the name but again yeah. you're not even saying just give I me want a number. He's at the in the top desk. 10 or, yeah. or whatever yeah. it's like, I want the next person above. he genuinely wants to go one at a time mm. I'll go up one place and then I'll go up one more place they're not going to l- l- let him because he's too good and that division yeah. is too to a lot of the matchups have happened. Yes. So he's fresh, fresh blood yes. in, 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 in a division that, that has got a lot of quite big names, but not necessarily that many new matchups because a lot of the older guys have retired recently or left. And what we're left with is people who fought each other a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I think he just has that perfect combination. As you said, he's, he's someone that sparred with Tyson Fury and, yeah. and those guys at that gym. So his hands are crisp. He's got great footwork. The jiu-jitsu we've just mentioned is on point. Uh, he has everything there. And then on top of that, he's a humble, intelligent, 
lovely bloke when we had him on the podcast. And as you say, he wants to take things one step at a time. And I think he knows, he's only, what, 28 years old. He knows that heavyweights usually hit their prime a bit later than the lower weight classes as well. So he's got time on his side and he wants to just get fights under his belt before he gets too far along the division. And then he knows that every single fight is a really, really hard fight. Because you look at the heavyweights and I would say, you know, 15 to maybe five, six is just a bit, yeah, yeah. fine. Mm. But then you've got the top kind of four or you've got like, I mean... I'm sort of counting John Jones in this, even though he hasn't made his heavyweight debut it's yet. Coming, but you, though. It's he's coming, coming. He's coming. He's coming. John Jones, Francis Ngannou, Stipe Miocic, Cyril Garn. Yeah. Those guys, I mean, Derek Lewis, we saw holes in his game a yeah. little bit against Garn, but he's still got unbelievable Blades, power. the other one. Yeah. Curtis the, Blades. The, the yeah. thing with Lewis and Rosenstrike and people like that is Aspinall hasn't really fought anyone that it only takes one mistake. And that's an interesting yeah. thing. He looks incredibly calm in there. Like, like over him, I always felt showed that if he was against someone he wasn't scared of getting caught, he would be so fluid and so comfortable. As soon as he's against someone who you know it only takes one mistake, he clams up and he's not attacking. Mm-hmm. So that could be an interesting t- test for Tom. Someone that, while I think he's technically better than many of your Lewis's or your Rosenstrucks or whoever else, we've not seen. I mean, he spoke openly on your podcast about how scared he is before every fight and how yeah. he cries at times if training doesn't go well. Could that I affect things? I love that, though. That's yeah, I absolutely love that. That's awesome, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's true, the, the fit. Can you imagine that? Because we were watching the, the Cahill Roundtree fight as well, and you watch some of those punches, and I was trying to imagine Oof. them coming at you yeah. And then you've sat the back and you watched... You looked at me when you said you. Right? <laughs> yeah. I was imagining them coming at Blake. <laughs> and you'd you smile accident. on your face. <laughs> but it's, it's as at heavyweight, it is like it, you, your life can change in a, in a second in there. Yeah. So that could be interesting, like to see how his game ch- changes in against those people who yeah. Yeah. it takes one small mistake and you could be yeah. out. But, but so exciting to have him as yeah. a UK fighter yeah. as well. That's it's very, very exciting. And, and I mean, I... My thoughts on next opponent, I think a good one in terms of moving him up, but not giving him too much to worry about yet. Letting him build and letting him build. Augusto Sakai is on a two-fight losing streak. He's ranked 10th, so it would move Tom into the top 10 of the division. I think that could be a good one because I don't think it's something so far ahead of him that he will struggle too much. I think he would have the speed and the footwork over Sakai. So I think that's a good shout. Stu, I can see you looking at some rankings there. You got any thoughts? Sakai. Sakai's for you, yeah? Sign it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Have you said that because there's some really awkward surnames at heavyweight? <laughs> like, I've just heard Blake say that one. Let's Rose, Rose, that. Rose, Rose, Rose. <laughs> Curtis. Curtis. It's just you scrolled up and down, up and down. I went, yep, Sakai. <laughs> well, I, mean, the, the I other... think maybe Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> Walt Harris. <laughs> Bring him Walt. Bring him Walt. <laughs> the other really exciting young prospect at um, at heavyweight is Chris Dorcas. Uh, and I think it'd be nice to keep Aspinall and Dorcas away from each other for a bit. Let them mm-hmm. fight the older guys that, you know, because these two have just come through the division. Now, Dorcas has a fight booked against... Ah, oh, who is Dorcas fighting? I've completely lost it. I'm not sure who Dorcas is fighting next, but I know he has got a fight booked up. Yeah. Um, and... 
Yeah, the other exciting thing I mentioned earlier was that Chris Dorcas is a police officer. Stipe Miocic is a fireman, so we want to see that fight happen at some point in the Go future. On 100%. Come on, Pip. I want one to walk out to the theme tune to the bill and one to the theme tune of Casualty. <laughs> <laughs> Whether that happens or not, you've got to dub it. You've got to do the video, <laughs> dub it out, 100%. Dun, dun. Sun Hill is good. <laughs> Fighting out of Sun, Sun Hill. <laughs> Fighting out of Holby. Yeah. <laughs> so where, where are we going to go next on, the, on this card? I'm just mindful of time. So we've been going half an hour now. We're going right. to kind of focus on... We'll focus on the Brits. Yeah. I think they're the ones that you know we've, we've had on the show and they're the ones that people want to talk about. And I suppose... If we go through who's been probably the most talked about fighter on the card outside of maybe Darren Till, then we got to go straight to... Paddy Pitt It almost was watching the fight. Oh, my God. What a roller coaster! Oh, dude. Unbelievable. It had everything. Absolutely everything that fight, that the anticipation, all the hype from him coming in, then almost getting knocked out and then turning it around. It was it was the perfect, the perfect coming out party for for Paddy Pimlet. For, for in my eyes, it was yeah the roller coaster that you wanted. And at the end of it, we were we were all exhausted, yeah. but elated at the same time. What a first four minutes in the UFC! Yeah, wow. I mean it's incredible and completely. It? It, it, him to come out and steamroll someone, it would have been cool. Yeah. But him getting tested and getting rocked and coming through and showing maturity in that way, as you say, everything you yeah. want. And then the perfect post-fight interview as well. Just his charming self, his charming, outrageous self. Yeah, it's perfect. Can we talk about the little game that we had for his post-fight of interview? Course. Which <laughs> was yes. how many times Paddy would say, lad. Yeah. And I believe, Pip, did you win this? No, I didn't bet. No, I we, didn't we were bet. in between. So between he had 10, Brian. I had 6, and he hit 8. So I think, I think he was being the gentleman and sorting it out for so us. So that's a nice but, little drinking game for anyone. That if you're watching the uh, the UFC, how many times does Paddy say, lad, in a post- or pre-fight uh, interview? There you go. What about Bisping's interview? though mate Bisping on the mic tonight was unreal so Paddy, Paddy was like yeah I was that for the thing he almost got knocked out <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hang on lad you almost got knocked out but tell us about the finish not how you start it's how you finish don't know why I've made him a game show host but that's fine <laughs> <laughs> come on lad well, this is what you could have won speedball but it was, he came out Paddy came out Really fast. He was he was throwing the kicks. It looked like he was because he said in previous interviews he's after the bonus. He's mm-hmm. not just there to win. He's after the bonus, and we haven't seen the um, the the bonuses yet come through. I don't know who's got the bonuses yet, but God, he's, he's got, got to be up there. He's got yeah. a good chance he's because trying to think there, he's got a very good chance. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to think. Was Erosa Jordan maybe fight of the night? But you could almost say that that one round, that four minutes, could have been fight of the night could, in could itself, yeah, even yeah. though it didn't go more than one round. Yeah. It was still, it was, it was one way traffic. Epic. Then it went completely the other yeah. way. Paddy was was trying to throw some really fancy kicks early on, and I think got himself caught. Maybe he was trying to come out too quick, too impressive, uh, and then he ended up just landing those punches and, and once he smelt blood he really went for the, the kill the finish was superb it the was. flurry especially the right hand at the end but the other bit that was great was when he got hurt and he managed to get back to his feet he didn't chase to try and get that back it wasn't like alright you've hurt me I've got to hurt you back he was composed and he built that finish he was still yeah. 
yeah. calm in that. And that's, you've got to think, with the UFC, and he talked about, in a lot of his interviews, he's not got nerves. He's fought in the Echo Arena and, and walking out in front of 150 people, piece of piss, that's what he how he saw it. You can say that, but doing it. And then having the UFC gloves on, seeing Dana and Sean Shelby there, seeing the lights, the branding, all the stuff that you've, has been talked about around you for so long, the adrenaline dump that goes on with that, getting her, and then the composure to come back. That's the bit, for me, that shows he's, he's in the right spot. Cause... And, yeah, it's completely. And, and I think, like we were saying before it started, is it's exciting and nerve-wracking because he's wild. And there's all the comparisons to Connor because of what side of the Atlantic he's on. But Tony Ferguson became a fan favourite because he's wild and yeah. he will get rocked and he will get hurt and he'll somehow come through. And if Paddy can, I mean, I'd rather he didn't get hurt <laughs> along the way. But if he can continue to show that, the sky's the limit for the lad. Because that was as yeah, that's all, all of us sat there at one point going, "This is horrible. I don't want to watch." And then at the end, that was perfect. But, yeah. That was exactly what needed yeah. to happen. But I think we all forgot that scousers don't get knocked out. Yeah, that's that's, that's what we forgot. We were all worried about the knockout. Yeah. Scousers don't get knocked oh, out. That's so. going to be such a good. If he can manage to have a few, as Blake said, I think if he can manage to get rocked a few times and get through. They can reuse that clip over and over again. That is it. It's going to be a great promo. And then the fact that he's also talking about that, I'm the new cash cow. I'm the one everyone's going to want to fight. Obviously, that kind of talk does rub a lot of people up the wrong way. Those of us that are already fans of Paddy in the UK, and particularly the people in Liverpool, will love him for it. And the people in, say, America that don't know him, they're like, who the hell is this kid? Why is he talking like this? They'll want to fight him now. They'll want to shut him up. And that's a great business thing for Paddy in a sense because he's not going to be short of people wanting to fight him. It's the same thing with, I know he's not there yet, but it's that Sean O'Malley effect. If you talk the right way... You will have people wanting to fight you. People won't be turning down fights yeah. to you. They'll want to fight you whether they're ranked, unranked, any of that stuff. And if Paddy keeps going, if he gets another one or two wins and keeps cutting promos like that, he will have that effect. And people in the rankings will be like, I'll take the fight with Paddy because yeah. I want to shut him up and I want to get the eyeballs and the social media following and all that stuff. But the really exciting thing is, unlike most people who talk like that, he's quite literally got the receipts because of the tickets he sold <laughs> yeah. in, in Liverpool. And things like Sean O'Malley will talk about being the new big star. He's not sold out any cards like, like on his own as, as, as such, but what Paddy did with the Echo Arena and things like that, as, as Brian was saying about other fighters who were on the card who get a certain allocation, anyone who hadn't sold their allocation, Give Paddy. they gave them to Paddy, Done. sold another Gone. 200 in an hour and so on and so forth. So he's quite literally, like when he says... He's the, he's the new cash cow. He's got facts and history to back it yeah. up. It's not just a young fighter going, I'm hot, I'm popular. He's going, no, look, I will sell it, out it arenas. He turned down the UFC like, because of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he would, well, yeah, get better cuts on his Bigger his money. Sales yeah, a lot more. Yeah. We're going to see something interesting when we see him walk out. If it's in America, next time there's a crowd there, the amount of scatters that are going to fly out to watch him fire, we're going to start seeing what we saw with Connor again. It's right. going to be yeah. absolute scenes, and I can't wait for it. We've got to go. We've got to go. Come on, boys. We've got to do a Vegas trip. Right. Should we go from one scouser to another scouser? Yeah, mate. Let's go to the meatball. Oh, oh, oh I the, was The people's so champ. Happy. The people's oh. champ. 100%. There was so much pressure going into the fight. Molly was on a two-fight losing streak, and this was the last fight on her UFC contract. If she was beat, it was highly possible she could have been cut from the UFC. She knew that, and you could see the emotion in her 
walking out to the octagon, standing in there, waiting for the fight to be uh, to begin when uh, her name her name's being announced and all that stuff. And I got a bit nervous for her. And I was worried because we love Molly. Mm. Molly's been on the show a couple of times now and she's always got such a great personality and she seems such a wonderful human being. And for her to go out there and put on that performance against a tough opponent, I mean, the 10-inch reach advantage and stuff like that. And she just marauded forward, grinded out an amazing role and was landing some brilliant strikes how did we all feel about Molly? Well, well, she ran headfirst into the fight, didn't she? Quite literally. Yeah. Um, to, to her detriment in the first yeah, round with, so, yeah. with, with, with a clash yeah. of heads. But yeah, amazing. What a what a scrapper. And that it, was a worry, wasn't it? Oh, 100%. 100%. And it was, felt like she wanted it so bad that she was causing herself problems because she was throwing big hooks. The, 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 uh, Kim was throwing straight shots. She was catching it. She was hitting Kim, but it wasn't seemed to have a lot of effect. Then there was really the head clash, her as well. really, really clacking her. And um, when, when they clashed heads, Molly dropped. And again, we were talking about how would that look in, in, the, in the judges' eyes. And I think possibly we called it as far as that they would have classed that as a knockdown in real time. They mm. might have thought that was an actual punch. but As we did. Yeah, as we, we did. did. We, we, we were panicked. Like we were saying she, she ran straight onto that, yeah. thinking it was a, it was a, a counter. A straight shot, but she, she survived. And then round two was the comeback that's when the momentum started to switch but round three was where it was all heart mm. 100% all heart the pressure the finish even at the end pointing at the, the thing let's go let's go she has just earned herself a new UFC that's, contract that's some real Max, Max Holloway shit oh mate having mate, clearly won the round is, yeah. and still going stand, let's stand go. in the middle and fight it's like no 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 no, no. you should be easing off now yeah, there's yeah. 10 yeah. seconds no, left let's, let's not go. Let's take go. any risks she's but like no let's, let's slug it out she was like the first one, she was wild. By the end, she was technical. The head movement was amazing. Yeah. Uh, she talked about in your podcast training with the, uh, Dakota Decheva, who is a, a phenomenal striker, very similar uh, sort of size to to the opponent. That work certainly showed within that. Um, and then it it was the emotion of it. It like we were all so happy that she that she yeah. even when the judges were, were going through, you obviously get a bit nervous with the scores, but there was no way they could give that any other way and she earned every moment and whatever comes from that was earned in that three rounds. It was amazing. I just love that she also like as soon as Bisping came in to interview her, she just gave him give a, us big a bevy. Hug. Oh was it? she just gave him <laughs> yeah, a big yeah, hug and just, right. my heart was just yeah. going, I was like, Oh man yeah. just yeah, it was so lovely to see. I'm and I hope she is on the bevies. Case side for uh, for Paddy as well. As soon as he yes as as running he out, as soon as he won oh, in her kick still yeah, yeah. It's it. such it a change. bond there. And again, that's yeah. just just lovely to see. It's like I think Paddy's called her his big sister, and it's it's just really lovely to see those relationships on the telly. Not just like what you hear about in the gym or you hear about in interviews. To actually see it on the broadcast in their biggest moments. She's coming out to support him uh, after such a big win, and yeah, good, just. I really love both those guys and I hope that things keep going well for both of them. And I hope that the UFC see that that relationship that, yeah. and that kind of bond uh, and then what that means to, to the UK and obviously Liverpool, essentially. And keep putting them on cards. Keep, keep putting, putting them on, them on yeah, cards together. together. Yeah, definitely. That, really definitely. Good really good look. Really yeah. bizarre situation that in the world, Darren Till is obviously a far bigger fighter than Paddy Pimlet. But in Liverpool, Paddy Pimlet is arguably a bigger fighter Not than, even than Darren Till. Not, Not even, even arguably, arguably, yeah. Because Darren moved abroad for his whole career, really. Yeah. So he's from Liverpool, but more... It's, it's so weird. So in America, I'd say Darren Till is a far bigger draw 
than Paddy mm-hmm. or Molly. In Liverpool, you put Paddy and Molly on there and they'll, they'll, they'll do the That's job. That's all you need. Yeah. We've got nine yeah. fights that you put two fights in the Echo and it'll still set out with those two. Proper CM Punk business where yeah. you'd have to have them opening the car because <laughs> <they're, laughs> they haven't earned a headline but they'll be the ones that are yeah, selling the tickets. Yeah. 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 Bizarre. Weird yeah. situation. So, outside of England, the other uh, UK representative was the Pride of Wales, Jack the Tank Shaw. I mean... We were speaking about this earlier, um, but it seems like he really has got the ability to potentially go on and challenge for a title. He's 15-0 and now, 4-0 and in the UFC. However, it does feel to me like his road is going to be a long one because from a fan perspective, there isn't that highlight real knockout or highlight real submission. He's grinding out results. Results. He's dominant, and absolutely much like dominant. when we've absolutely dominant. Uh, but much like what we've seen from like the likes of Leon Edwards and Arnold Allen, I worry that he's not going to get the favour of the kind of top UFC brass who want those viral moments because Jack doesn't give that. He's just a world class world class mixed martial artist. I'm furious at him, guys. <laughs> and I don't know, Jack Shaw. You, you, Pip, you sit down. Do. Sit down, Pip. I, I, Pip. I, I, I love Put your top back on, Pip. man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Give me the knife. <laughs> Give me the knife, Pip. I loved him on your podcast. I've heard him on other podcasts. I've, I've just seen a lot of him. I think he's amazing. But what he needs at this point in his career is either a finish or a call-out. Or both. Um... And he offered up neither. He looked amazing. And it's fine to not get a finish. I'm not a fighter, yet I'm aware how fucking hard it is to get a finish. So at no point am I I going to diminish anyone's work. And when it's that dominant. But he is in control of it getting to the end again. Here's who I want to fight. And calling someone out and trying to make something happen around him. Rather than just be this amazing fighter that, again, we've seen people from the UK get it completely ignored. If they're not... I mean, you, you look over the card. You look at Paddy and you look at Darren Till. Both fighters who haven't got as good a record as yeah. Jack Shaw. Obviously yeah. fought better people in Till's example, but not got as good a record record as Shaw. But have- hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Got a mouth on him, and yeah, he needs to be... Again, I'm not saying fake it. I'm not saying slag people off, but you could go, right, if I win, here's a couple of people I think yeah, I'd like totally. to fight next and just say those names. It doesn't have to be... It can be as polite as he is. It can be as, as, as lovely as he is. It doesn't have to be aggressive or audacious or anything else, but you need to do something. That, those moments are it. so important. They are. those Because yeah. that, that, that mic time, that camera time is as important as getting your hand raised. And you can, you see the difference. Like, if Paddy had just said that, even with that knockout, if he'd just been quiet on the mic, it would have still been a great finish. Yeah, lots of respect. That, but he's done the finish. He's added the soundbite that's going to go viral. Mm. Molly, the moments, the emotion that comes through with that, you, 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 you get the performances out of Jack Shaw as far as the wins. But you just you just need that X, and somebody's got somebody's got to help him do that. If it's not natural, you got to prep him. Right, ask for this fighter, do this. Yeah. You, can, you don't have to just be give forced. Him a name. Give, give him a, a name. Of names. It doesn't have to be a big name. Yeah. But you can. There, there's something for the the media to ask to about. about. Yeah, because yeah. you'll be sat at that press thing, and they won't ask you a question because yeah. you've given them nothing. Whereas you you think about what the the, the media's all going to be about. The, the Paddy, uh, Molly. Tomorrow. That's what it's going to be about. That's, uh, and Tom and Tom. Tom Asmo. Sorry, but um, Shaw deserves it with his skill set. But he's just not. He's he's got to make more of those moments. And you can be respectful. As yeah. you say, you don't have to. As you say, you don't have to be like slagging anyone off. You can be very respectful. Pick a name. But you can pick a name. And the name that I think would have been really good for him to say would have been Rafael Sunsal. Wow. Rafael Sunsal is, you know, he's been around for a very long time. He's very well known. I think he's ranked 12. Yeah. So you'd be he was the boogeyman for 15. a long time. He was a yeah. boy yeah, for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet now he's on a three-fight losing streak. Yeah. So I know calling someone out for on sure. a losing streak isn't always like seen as the best thing to do. But if you're ranked 12, if you're in that top 15, you're you're up for grabs you're as far as I'm concerned. You're still punching up, aren't you? You're, you're yeah. still punching up. you in the rankings. It would be Jack Shaw's toughest matchup to date. And from a Sunsau's position, surely on a free fight losing streak, you can't be too choosy. Yeah. And if you've got the opportunity to go, okay, this guy's 15 and 0, but he hasn't fought anyone to my standard yet. If I beat him, I prove to the UFC that I'm still relevant. Because I don't know how many fights left the Sunsau's got on his contract. Yeah. But if he's three, three losses on the bounce and he's only got one or two fights left on his contract, he's got to do something to... to to renegotiate in a, in a good position mm. and beating an undefeated prospect like Jack Shaw, I think would be a great thing for him to do. So yeah. it works for a Suntow. It definitely works for Jack Shaw. Um, yeah. I mean, other names out there would be, I mean, I think I'd like to see him get one more win before he dives into someone at the level of like a Pedro Munoz. Mm. I think that that mm. might be a bit too soon. But then you've got people like Cody Stamen as well. Anyone in that 11 to 15 range is good. But I think a Sunsell just really makes sense on so many levels. He's such a big name. Yeah. And I think it could be a winnable fight. Jack would be going in with all the momentum into that fight. And if he'd have just said that name, he could have just, that could have been conjured up into, into, into reality. And, but I mean, look, we, we, I feel like we sound like we're sort of getting down on him for not doing the post fight stuff. But let's just reiterate that. During the fight, 
Completely well, he was I mean, yeah. uh, and let me iterate. I'm furious with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're furious as well because we. He's so good. He's so, but also, like when, like on on the podcasts you hear him on, like your pod, his personality is great. Yeah. But we don't see doesn't it. Doesn't have to change. Anything. It doesn't have to change a thing. And and that's that's and again, it's positive frustration because we see everything in him. We just want those moments where you're like, right now, you have got something next. Now but, we know what's coming. But Blake's right. Like, how good was he? He looked yeah. great. He, I mean, Shalinian is an international like wrestling champion. Yeah. And Jack out wrestled him. Yeah. Which is yeah. just superb. Yeah. Yeah. Again. And for a UK guy to have wrestling as his strength, again, it's exactly. so unexpected and it unheard is. of. That's why it feels like there could be stories there. There could be waves being made and media excitement. Because, again, you generally, as Bisping talked about, you're generally getting wrestling being a, a weakness. Or DC was saying that wrestling in general from the UK is a weakness. But... Not with this lad. And again, we've seen him fight in an empty arena. Um, like Paddy and Molly, Jack Shaw's a big deal in the Valleys. Yeah. He has got a diehard following, hasn't he? Yep. So maybe we'll see potentially a more animated Jack Shaw post-fight interview if, yeah. that's, that's if we've point. got the, the, the Welsh voices there screaming for yeah. him. So, yeah, I look forward to seeing him in his next fight and it'd be great to hear some, some Welsh voices in the crowd. And I think we... Uh, would be remiss if we didn't say that we made a slight mistake, or I made a slight mistake on we, the. We, uh, where did you make pre- any mistakes tonight, Pip? Uh, no, 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 no. Stu, I haven't heard anyone's yeah, yeah. No, no, that's yeah. I, Blake Harrison, <laughs> do declare that I made a slight mistake because I read, I believe it was on Tapology, but you know, not pointing any fingers, that uh, the fight, because there was two last minute replacements, was going to be a 150 pound catch weight bout between Jack Shaw and Shalinian. And the person that put me in my place and told me that that was not true in the politest possible way was one Mr. Richard Shaw, Jack Shaw's dad. Uh, and it was very, very nice of him to, to, to tell me that I was completely wrong. Uh, and we had a lovely chat and hopefully we're going to get Richard on the show very, very soon, which would be, which would be nice. But um, yeah, so we just had to say sorry to Jack and sorry to Jack's dad, Richard. Uh, for getting that wrong, uh, it was 135 pounds. Stop saying we. Yeah, yeah, seriously, mate. You're, look, Listen. I'm taking you down with me. I'm, We're in this together. I'm, I mean, I would now like to clarify to Jack's dad that I was joking about being furious with him. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all love. It's all love. I think he's wonderful. <laughs> No, but that'd be good. I'd love to get Jack and Rich on at the oh, at the same amazing. time. That'd be lovely. We so should do all the dads because there was four. Was there four dads? Oh, in the we just get all, all the dads, dads on. <laughs> that'd be brilliant. It'd be so it? nice to have two people on with a similar age difference as you two <laughs> <laughs> to, get that, to get that dynamic. Oh, as soon really... as the word dad come, I thought it's a matter of time. Yeah. It's oh. only a matter of time, isn't it? Um, now I've seen them in the same room together. I was going to ask how they met, but I was going to do it more discreetly to you, Pip, on a, on a WhatsApp. <laughs> Little does anyone know, Stu's actually filed some papers to adopt me. <laughs> So, uh... <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. So, I mean, we've we've covered the majority of the uh, British fighters on the card. Obviously, we had Modestius Bukakis, who um, is Lithuanian-born, but has been uh, re- uh, trained in Britain and raised in Britain. Um, he did not have a great night. Tough night. He was fighting Khalil Roundtree. Both he and Khalil Roundtree are on, were on two fight uh, losing streaks. And there was one of those kind of vicious, like oblique kicks or, or kind of lead oh, leg yeah. side kicks to uh, Bukakis's uh, lead leg, Nasty. and it just kind of crumbled. And I think the Bisping say in the post-fight interview, which is quite immediate, MCL, that, yeah, the, the doctor basically told Bisping that him. every 
EL or CL yeah, in, yeah. in Modestus' uh, Mercedes uh, leg has <laughs> is, is gone. Uh, yeah. So it looks like it could be a really bad injury for him. And, again, and it's a three-fight losing streak, so it's not good for he him. He put that forward in an interview and said... How do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about doing <laughs> yeah. that? It's not the finish. Sorry, I, but man. he kept saying as well, it's not the finish you would have wanted. That's a, one of the best fit. Like as far as yeah, and even yeah, brutal. Right? I don't and remember it, a leg, a, a one. No, well, effectively a one punch knockout, but to the leg. To, to the leg. Like, that doesn't generally happen. And they've done the replay. They retimed it. How he read when Medeska stepped forward with a jab, he plants that foot, and he timed the foot. It was all completely intended. Yeah. But Bisping was like, "It's not how you would have wanted it." It's game show Bisping. No, again. I did. Not I'd how you like would have wanted it to have been our uh, Dan Anderson <laughs> finished you. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, can't have it all. Oh, <laughs> Stu. They say like obviously when you hit pads to hit through the pad. Yeah. I mean, he kicked that knee and kicked through the knee, yeah, and it quite was literally. quite unpleasant to see. But, I mean, I need to get on record that I, my my theory that Khalil Roundtree is a is a method actor because <laughs> he comes into every fight a completely different style of fighter, and I think he's just playing characters. We were gutted when it ended, and he had his usual accent. We were really hoping he was going to be British for this one. That's right. But yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? How much he how much his style has changed in the number of fights he's had. Yet, at least for one fight each time, he executes that style amazing. It's weird. Normally, yeah. the next time it happens, yeah. he has holes, and maybe it is the kind of s- surprise of it. If you prepare for what you think he will be, and then he comes out different, mm. then that could be a real spanner in the works kind of thing. I just love that thought of him spending eight to 12 weeks as a completely different human yeah, each time. Daniel Day Lewis in it. Yeah, I know totally. what's on my Christmas list. I want a little Khalil. Uh, Roundtree game of guess who with each one because <laughs> <laughs> I do remember very clearly that um, I think it was the Eric Anders fight where he just got back from Thailand yeah. and he was doing the whole that, that kind of like lead leg raise like the, that he was like, like, his front knee tonight a bit the yeah, yeah. Kansaki one was, was just a yeah, Muay Thai fight yeah, yeah. bizarre and previously have, have been more had more wrestling in his game and seen more of a power takedown type guy in those early early fights. It's it's curious. And, and until that kick, he was very much a brawling boxer more yeah. in this one. He was Bobby Duran coming a in, punch stance yeah. And, yeah. and and marching forward, throwing uh, taking chunks out of it. Power shots as well. Smashed yeah. smashed his nose across his face. Yeah. No. Um, it's, yeah. it's it's been a lot of firsts tonight, mm. yeah. So a lot of firsts. Like Blake saw his first ever female Domino's delivery lady. That was that was that was that was a first. Are we going to have a first where we're going to praise Herb Dean for his fast stoppage yeah, on that? Yeah, because actually, really under, quickly, understanding how much damage was caused in that lead kick, mm. that's you, you've really got to know what's what's going on with. And it, tr- the speed at which he stepped in actually was 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 that that was. Going to say good refereeing, yeah, lads. Yeah, going to agree? I thought that was great. I thought, and, and again, particularly for such an unusual kind of finish, yeah, that could be that could take a lot of refs a few seconds. Yeah, to go, hang on, what down, do I do yeah. here? Is he? Come, do I have to wait for him to tap? Because sometimes, if it is an injury, the fighter has to tap on the mat or yeah. whatever. Um, so yeah, he, he knew exactly. He I thought it was great. Straight away, straight straight in, done. Yeah. And saved any un- unnecessary stuff, yeah. but but honestly, that that is going to be a terrible injury to come back from. So for Medescus, obviously, speedy recovery, yeah, and 100%. it'll be interesting if uh, if he keeps his contract. I hope he does. Um, but we'll, yeah, we'll see. We were saying how unfortunate it seemed that he was left out of a lot of the pre-hype in the media yeah. in general of the Brits because he is a Brit, and it was yeah. such a. a 
because of the flag he 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 uses on his like when they have the little photo there and things like that. I guess he was left out, but that felt harsh because I hadn't particularly realised until yeah. But the London, image I noticed it on the posters up. as well. There was they had the, the, all the Scouse fighters, yeah. Jack Shaw, in there. But yeah, no, but no Modestus. Mm. Harsh. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll have to hope that he's still in the UFC after this. I don't know if this was the last fight on his contract or he's got one more, but if he's got a big injury that keeps him out for a while and he's on a free fight losing streak, the UFC are not necessarily known for being, uh, what's the word, like the, the most kind of like... Compassionate. Compassionate. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think that they could they could cut that. So hopefully that doesn't happen for him. We've covered all the Brits now that were on the card. I mean, I don't know if uh, anyone's got any thoughts about any other fights. I mean, Erosa beating uh, Charles Air Jordan, love that nickname, uh, was a really good fight. And I think uh, Erosa looked phenomenal. He took the fight at short notice as well and just really, really looked good. And he's someone that's got some history with Paddy Pimblett. This was a 150 pounds catchweight fight. Erosa usually fights at featherweight. Paddy and Erosa fought years ago on the Cage Warriors, uh, Cage Warriors fight at featherweight. Um, Ero- um, Paddy won by, uh, I think it was a unanimous decision. It might have been split, but I think it was a unanimous decision. It was a close fight. And it was the famous one where Paddy, in the post-fight interview, <laughs> threw up. And people on the internet thought, oh my God, this guy's just thrown up blood. Actually, he'd just thrown up Ferrero Rocher because he'd been having like Ferrero Rocher <laughs> hot Ambassador, chocolate. You're spoiling <laughs> yeah, <us>. <laughs> <laughs> he'd thrown up uh, a Ferrero Rocher hot chocolate that he got just before the fight, uh, and I think that's one of the things that Paddy said he's he's not doing anymore. He's you know he's far more professional he's now. Cut, he's cut down on he's Ferrero, cut down Rocher. On Ferrero Rocher chocolates. Maltesers, um, yeah, <laughs> keeping it lighter. I mean, he looked in incredible shape, didn't he tonight? Erosa looked really, really good, and I mean. That could be a fight that makes sense. There's history there. Erosa looked good. They'll be on the same timeline. There's stories. There's, there's, stories. there's the video of Paddy throwing up and so on and yeah. so forth that that will go around the internet. People will get excited about it and find it amusing. I think it's an interesting one. I think you, you, you're right there. That could be an easy matchup for them to not yeah. do a lot of thinking. I but, think otherwise, with, I think the UFC, in my opinion, have dropped the ball a bit on matchmaking with a lot of these cage warriors lads in recent years. There's been a lot of lads that have come through who haven't been given any chance to be built and have gone straight in at quite a high high level. And they're guys who've got mad potential. Yeah. And Mason uh, Jones. Jai Herbert, yeah. Reese yeah. McKee. Reese McKee's yeah. back at Cage Warriors That's now. He'll be competing on the trilogy, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think... I'd, I'd, so, yeah, that makes it an easy one. Like, oh, here's two people. They've fought before. They're on a similar level. There we go. Rather than them potentially go... Let's sling him in against whoever, and then it'd be too too much too soon. And yeah. they've got, as we've said, they've they've got potential uh, lightning in a in a jar with with Paddy. That's the thing, and you've got to be careful. I mean, I almost wonder if if you're the UFC brass and you're looking at Paddy as a potential next cash cow, did Erosa look too good? I don't know yeah, to take that risk. As well. so he looked phenomenal. He looked that's the very, fight very I came good. in on, and he just looked he beasted it from start. Yeah. And the finish was great as well. The the the, the Darcel. Bravo, as um, Bisping called it. I mean, I just think one of the things I'm taking from this is seeing Paddy make his debut tonight, the fact that one of the most exciting, most talked about fighters that everybody's going to be discussing tomorrow, from the UK. Yeah. Loving that. Yeah. 
And what a, what a time to be alive and still up. Only half 12, boys. Right. <laughs> right. Honestly. Like, I think we're in the golden age of, of UK MMA at the moment. You I agree. Think, I mean, Speaking um, of golden age, let's talk about golden touch. So this podcast, if people have got fights coming up, that's it. Fighting managers need to get in touch because uh, four, four, five for five, four for four. Well, five yeah, for five, five for five. If you count on. Aspinall, yeah, yeah. So there you go. And again, yeah. you're being very gr- gracious in potentially saying four for four because Aspinall wasn't on this particular week. Yeah. It's like yeah. he's a he's a former guest, and that's yeah. So we should actually say that if this is your first time listening to uh, <laughs> the podcast, then go and... We spoke to all the fighters in the lead-up to it, the, most of the British fighters this week, haven't we? Yep. Uh, mini episodes talking about uh, their prep and stuff. Go and uh, look at the back catalogue of fucking winners. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Not and Tyrone Woodley. Long-formed uh, <laughs> no. long chats with a lot of them fighters as well, plus uh, a whole host of, of, of wonderful fighters and other pre- and post-fights in including the two gentlemen sitting with us this evening. And also we've got a few episodes on our new YouTube channel. So check that out as well. Right. Any final thoughts, guys? Words of wisdom for the people listening? I'm just gagging for a Ferrero Rocher hot chocolate, mate. Is that <laughs> Can we shut this shit down? Let me go. <laughs> my, my only thought is that everything went... Obviously, other than, than Darren Till, but for... Those new UK fighters, everything went right tonight. It was heartbreaking that this was moved from London. But yeah, the yeah. reality is, when they can fight in London, the reaction is going to be ten times what it would have been this time round because mm. they've gone there and they've shown it on the UFC. As you've said numerous times on the podcast, Blake, there's going to be a lot of people who just don't watch Cage Warriors or any of these other things and aren't aware of that. They've now seen Molly and Paddy have their real moments in the UFC. So when it does come to London or I would rather Liverpool, that's going to be electric. And so just to touch on, on, on some things that you gents are up to before we wind things up, um, Pip, obviously... Um, I'm just going to go to bed, I think. I don't know what you've got planned. <laughs> We've got a bubble bath over me and you. Didn't we promise each other a bath? I'm, 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 I'm going out to bed, I'm locking my door and I'm leaving you guys to do whatever you want to do. Put your earphones in there. <laughs> Um, I mean, obviously, you've got a podcast, Pip, um, uh, a real pioneer of the game. Um, If people haven't listened to it uh, and they're big fans of of MMA, you've had some absolute legends on, right? Yeah, I've had Dan Hardy on twice, I think, but we've done about four hours because everyone turns into a two-part podcast because we get into it. Uh, Rory McDonald, um, everyone's favourite ref, Mark Goddard. Um, yeah, a whole load of great, great MMA fighters. MVP, yep. MVP, who's got a huge rematch October coming up 1st. in London. Yes. That's going to be very 1st. excited. In fact, I'd like to hear him on here to talk about that. So That'd we'll have nice, to hook it? some stuff up. But um, yeah, loads of good MMA people over the years. So just search distraction pieces, yeah. Search distraction pieces and have a scroll through the old, uh, the old back catalogue. Lovely stuff. When you back off to uh, to Russia, Bryce? Uh, next week, go to the glorious Belarus, which will be interesting. Um, then I've got the Czech Republic coming up as well for Octagon, which is a great promotion. They, they do shows over in Slovakia and um, Czech Republic, and they've got a really interesting format, whole TV show behind it. And I was out there uh, in July, and they had an open-air, full 7,000 in this big tennis arena, um, show it was phenomenal, so absolutely phenomenal. So excited to go back there, and then um, where else after that? 
Kazakhstan for the IMAFs, I think, for the World Amateur Championship. So lots of bobbing about, the world's opening. Lovely stuff. But it's good, it's good. Nice to have been here with you boys, though, physically here as well. Oh, it's been great. It's been lovely, yeah. isn't it? A nice hey. early car. Oh. Pizza, as we're watching. Yeah. Oh. Heaven. Cookies. 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 And a bath. And <laughs> <laughs> we're back next time, right? See you later, guys. <laughs>